sometimes everyone no matter what you do we're so focused and inside what we do that we don't see the big picture so just by talking to someone about it they will help you see the picture from outside so that's what for me mentorship is welcome to the irresistible factor the podcast for brands in the health and wellness space who want to be irresistible not only to consumers but to investors and retailers here we talk to successful entrepreneurs about the inspiring stories that help them start and grow their awesome brands. And we also talk to investors, leaders in private equity, and retail buyers about what makes brands irresistible to them. Welcome everyone to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. Um, today I'm here with Ruben Benuda, who is the CEO and founder of Pop Bar, which is a gelato customized gelato bar. Um, they're based in New York City, and it is the exactly right time of year to be having this conversation as we head into summer. So welcome, Ruben. I'm really, really happy to be chatting with you today. Hi, Christy. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure and it's an honor because I, I checked out your other interviews, and I, I'm glad I'm one, you know, my name is among those um other people and i thank you for that I, I think you're doing something amazing and hopefully we can inspire one or more people that'd be that'd be great that would be great that would make it all worth it well thank you um for saying that that's really nice and you are definitely in good company can you just start by telling us a little bit about pop bar and what it is and when you started and sure so pop bar is a, a handcrafted a gelato bar on a stick. Um, we started the, our main corporate location opening 2010 in New York City. Uh, obviously, we spent maybe a year or year and a half working on it before launching it. And uh, the roots come uh, from Italy, being that I grew up in Italy and uh, I moved to New York when I for college when I was 18. Um, and at the time, you know, I thought there was a need for something a little bit different in the frozen dessert market. And uh, there's a few reasons for that. But first of all, gelato was not on a stick until then. Uh, we had a lot of popsicles, um, and, but nothing like upgraded. I, I call it like a gourmet version of, of, a, pop, of a popsicle. And uh, for those of you who don't know there's a main difference between ice cream and gelato which is gelato is better for you in every possible way it has less calories less fat less cream and more milk it's more dense in flavor you know so in general it's a it's a great product so we use authentic italian recipes we just managed to put it on a stick and uh, besides gelato we have sorbet bars and yogurt bars, although we're famous for our gelato. And what's unique about it is if you come to one of our locations, you can customize anything you see. So you, you get to choose your own uh, gelato bar, and then you get to choose a chocolate dip. We have um, five or six different chocolate dips, and then you get to choose one or more toppings. So if you fancy, a hazelnut gelato with crushed waffles and white chocolate, you know, you have to come to Papa. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the idea. You're making me hungry. Yeah, sorry, but that's, that, you know, one thing that we know, and it connects to 
being irresistible is, I, I don't want to sound like, you know, too high on my own brand, but the flavor is definitely there. I'm, I'm at peace with our taste. Let's put it this way. Well, I hope you're high on your own brand. Otherwise, who would be if not you, right? Yes. So you have stores, right? It's not something you can buy in the grocery store. You have locations like ice cream stores. Correct. So I know a lot of your podcasts and interviews are for more CPG brands. Hey, maybe we will become one day a CPG brand. We can talk about that. But uh, so far, uh, we are in actual locations. And um, really, when I started, <laughs> luckily enough, uh, I wasn't crazy enough to say, let's open a full restaurant. And why do I say that? I honestly did not have any experience in the food business before. And I know there's a very high chance of not surviving your first year in any food business. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the goal was to create something that it's a little bit more uh, straightforward and easy to replicate, which is eventually, you know, what we did. Uh, but at the same time, I really wanted a mom and pop feeling. Uh, and sometimes these two things kind of go against each other. Yeah. If, if you want to something easy to execute operation-wise and a mom and pop feeling, you're kind of going against each other. So yeah. we managed, and I tell you what, I saw a lot of frozen desserts and they're still out there. You know, the classic brands, which I won't name, their product is not fresh. They make it somewhere else and, and ship it frozen to their stores. And we're proud to say that every single pop bar location makes their own pops. So they oh. buy, you know, different ingredients. And if they wake up today and decide they want to make a passion fruit uh, pop bar, that's, that's what they do. So there's definitely a mom and pop component. At the same time, we created a system that it's easy to replicate. And we perfected the concept for about two to three years. And then we decided to go and expand through franchising. So we can obviously talk a little bit about franchising. And currently, we have about 20 locations in the US, a few more abroad. And obviously, COVID was a, a tough year for us. But yeah. we're still here, smiling. Uh, you know, it's a happy product. And uh, we love you know, to serve it. I, I try not even to call it product whenever I, I can, because for me, it's a little bit like diminishing, you know, product mm -hmm. on the shelf. Here, you kind of choose with your own eyes what you want to eat. So uh, we, yeah, we decided to expand through franchising for, for good and bad, mostly good. And uh, here we are about 11 years later. That's amazing. Congratulations. It's awesome. Thanks. Tell me about the um, decision to expand and franchise versus, do you, do you have all franchises or do you have some that are owned by the company? Uh, so we decided to keep only New York uh, owned mm -hmm. by the company and to expand to franchising. And if anyone at home is looking to maybe franchise their concept, you will see that franchising companies tend to have less corporate stores and more franchise store. And the yeah. reason is actually very simple and it helps the franchisees. And the reason is uh, if an owner has a freezer breakdown and a franchisee has a freezer breakdown, where do you think the owner is going to put their mindset and work at their own? So right. in a right. way, better to concentrate on uh, franchise stores. 
Um, and um, you kind of have to create uh, a concept that has to be replicable in an easy way. Yeah. And that goes for anything from furniture, equipment, and obviously the ingredients that you're going to use. So I always say, like, you may make the best pizza in the world, but if your tomato sauce is from a little farm in New Jersey and someone comes and wants to open uh, in California, how are you going to do that? So yeah. definitely uh, you go against uh, a few realities if you want to replicate uh, your concept but you know at the beginning it, it, it's definitely a challenge and it's a lot about personal relationships that you have with the franchisees and in a way it's very flattering because someone comes to you and they want to invest money into your company yeah. obviously you know to try to become successful but there's still that investment portion and our franchisees in a way there are customers too definitely uh, definitely so, that's how you have to approach it. How do you find them? How do you find people who want to buy franchises? That's a great question. I, I, we do things a little bit more, I would say, in an organic way. Mm-hmm. Companies out there, and, and actually uh, some companies, have, you know, you can read about it, they're very bad examples. They would hire 100 brokers, advertise, and sell you know, thousands of stores in a year, it's possible. Yeah. It's simply how much money you put into yeah. your, your budget for that. And you get a lot of leads and then you have to essentially convince them. But then is that company ready to open a thousand stores? That's another question. So that's right. when you hear, you know, bad stories, people lost their money. They put maybe their deposit down for, for a store that never opened or the training didn't go as expected, et cetera, et cetera. We do things, uh, you know, we're kind of not interested in opening 200 stores in a year. We want to grow slowly. And most of our franchisees actually came to a pop-up store, tried the product, loved it, and uh, went to our website um, and filled out an application. And I try to talk to each one myself because, you know, we still have a very you know, growing mentality of an up and coming company. We don't feel we're, we're you know, 10 or 11 years old. In that yeah. yeah. So what's your goal? Like what's, what would you like to see happen with the brand from a growth perspective? How many stores do you want to have? Uh, look, before COVID things were going fairly well. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously everyone got hit, especially anyone okay. with a food retail, yes. whether it's quick serve, or not, I would say uh, our plans got shifted maybe a year or two mm-hmm. back in terms of growth. I like to continue, and I, I see in the past couple of months things are getting better all over the country. Yeah, we have stores in California and Florida, so ev- every location is a different story. I will tell you that. Yeah, uh, but hopefully, the worst is behind us, and we like to continue and hopefully. Uh, sign more franchisees I never you know I obviously have internal numbers but as long as they're good franchisees and good locations you know again not looking to open 200 stores in a year so it's just continuing to grow year after year that's that's the goal do you help them find locations or is it up to them 
I always say we help them as much as they want to be helped. Yes. Uh, meaning some franchisees come and they know exactly where they want to be, like uh, corner of Main Street and First Avenue. That's mm -hmm. where I want to be. Like there's no, which is fine. I mean, we'll do some demographics and counts, et cetera, et cetera. But in general, I help them negotiating the lease, talking to landlords. I also want to know who we're dealing with, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we you know help them sign tons of leases so it, it's good for us you know the fine print it's better to read all that so yeah. we're not lawyers but we definitely help them uh signing a location yeah and are there places in the country where gelato is better than other like are there places that are more responsive and excited about gelato versus ice cream is it sort of the same places it feels like I mean, it's ice cream, so it's an indulgence. It's gelato. It's not like a, a real health food, but it is healthier and more, I would say, slightly more for connoisseurs of things. So is there a part of the country that that works better in? It's a very interesting question. I'll tell you this. We uh, were lucky or good enough that our product was very visual. And when we launched, there was no Instagram <laughs> to make you understand. Uh, and also our product is all natural. Uh, before everyone turned to all natural. Uh, so these two waves, we were prepared for it. And why am I mentioning visual? People eat with their own eyes. They Definitely. See they want it. So it's very hard to answer a question. Do they say, oh, I'm going to have it because it's a gelato versus ice cream, or it looks good, I got to have it. I don't always know the answer, but I do know that our gelato pops are less than 200 calories each. Uh, so they definitely don't feel guilty. Right. But, you know, it's not only about the calories. I always say, do you feel heavy after you have it or not? Yeah. I've seen people literally buying one, finishing it up, and going in line again and buying another. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's a satisfying dessert, but it's not heavy, which is... Uh, uh, to me, it's uh, it's a good accomplishment. It, it's up there with you know the things I'm proud of. Let's put it this way. Um, I'm looking at your Instagram, and it's really awesome. Do you do your? Does every franchise have their own Instagram, and then you have a corporate one, or is there just one? Oh, you're um, you're definitely good at questions because that's a, a touchy subject, and I tell you why. We have an in-house social media team uh -huh. uh, for our corporate account, and a yep. few years ago franchisees said, we got to be local, we got to have our own. Um, and at the beginning, honestly, I didn't want to do it because I said, whoa, everyone's going to post different photos. The, the language is not going to be the same. We're a brand. What's going to happen? And then I, I gave up. And what we do is we share with them a variety of photographs and, and pictures that they can pick from, or they can you know, take their own photo, just share with us, you know, let us know what they're going to post. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to them if they want us to run their local Instagram or, you know, they can do it all themselves. And I learned there's no right or wrong, meaning some franchises do a job that it's quite honestly better than corporate sometimes. They mm -hmm. do amazing posts. They're very personable. And the reason why at the beginning I was a bit hesitant is not because I don't trust them, but it's more, hey, you have a store to run. 
your employees schedules uh flavor deciding what flavors to put out you really want something yeah. else so massive because it's a job it's a yeah. full-time job full-time like posting every day you really want that and the answer is some of them they love it they love to have that control so we let them do it uh, so that's this current situation it's it's up to them if they want us to run it or or they can run it themselves i mean i think that I've, I've worked with a lot of franchisees also and, and franchise businesses. And I think that's the right decision in the end because you can't, that people do need to have local presences and it's really hard to know from a corporate perspective, if you're in New York, what's right for Florida or yes. California. And so I think that that makes a ton of sense. And I love that you supply them with the content because some franchises don't even do that. So it's really a mess. And you know, I know the other part of it is you're building a brand, right? So you want to have to some degree control over how that brand looks and feels because you want other people to buy franchises. So you can't have it be all messy, crazy and inconsistent. Yes, so sure that's and, part of it. Uh, it, it is, Christy, it's overwhelming, the social media. Like I don't even check all of our posts. I mean, how could you, how could you? Yeah, yeah. and sometimes like you say, it's a lot about content and supplying good content takes time and money because mm -hmm. uh, you know you, you can't post the same thing over and over and yeah. sometimes it is very local yeah and, uh, you know we just opened a store in new orleans i when i was there you know for the opening i simply didn't have you know i was training etc cetera, etc cetera. i didn't have time to take pops around the city and take pictures with the background of new orleans so i i told them it would be great if you can do this and they did and now they're posting and it looks amazing so uh, you can do it all and, no and that's, yeah that's the hardest thing i think yes yeah. figuring out what to let go of right and what to hold on to exactly yeah and what do you guys do from a marketing perspective we have a very good connection with a lot of influencers mm -hmm. and for example for every location that we open we try to reach out to them directly invite them to the store and uh, make them post about it we also use uh, Yelp and sometimes we try to organize Yelp events for the community and, mm -hmm. you know, make them come in. And uh, so I would say it's a mixture between local marketing and more broad marketing. Yeah. Uh, throughout the years, we've been lucky enough that we teamed up with different companies, even like fashion companies and yeah. we did collabs. We did a collaboration with Stay Cool a um, couple of weeks ago. They actually made a a t-shirt just for pop bar and uh, we you know they sold the t-shirt we sold the t-shirt and we made a special flavor pop for them so we, we try to have fun with it's a fun product we it try to find product. a you know, yeah. brand that fit in and do a lot of uh collabs uh, nice. you know, on a broader side yeah that's exciting and have you guys done any outside capital raising or are you still sort of self-funded uh, we're still self-funded. Uh, it's a very interesting point you bring up. I think if anyone is at home and they're in a franchise business, it depends what they want to, you know, basically you got to have a plan before you decide to raise money. And, yes. and quite simply is how you're going to use that money. So if your goal is indeed to open a hundred locations in a year and nothing wrong with that, you will need a team to support that, whether it's a, both the selling and operational and training. Um, and then you have to put that down and, uh, you know, you, you know, you will have 
the option to raise capital and that would make sense. But if you want to grow organically, you know, you got to kind of pick your battles and decide what you want to do. I wouldn't just say nowadays compared to even 10 years ago, I would say it's much easier in a way to raise capital if you, if you know what you're doing. Uh, you have access to many resources, but you got to have a plan together. Yeah. Uh, so, so far we are, um, you know, self-raised and we like it that way. If one day we choose maybe to go into a different venture, for example, CPGs, supermarkets, never say never. You know, I always think a lot of, a lot about our pops is the experience that you have in, in the stores. But let's say if we decide to go that route, I'll be very open to talk to people and have, you know, investors and someone who has more knowledge than me because at the end of the day it's the food business but it's a completely different business right you know uh, distribution and margins etc etc so yeah uh, i'll be very open to that and raising capital if it's for a specific goal so let's put it this way and so are there any like what's your biggest challenge going forward is it coming out of covid and sort of recovering or is it just like, what do you think the, the next two years from a challenge perspective will bring you? Uh, definitely part of it is coming out of, from COVID. And, um, you know, the uh, a lot of times uh, the franchising business is tricky because anyone at home, if you want to franchise, I'll tell you now, it's very rewarding on one side. You see... You created a brand by yourself, the logo, the name, the flavors, and you see people on the other side of the country having that mm-hmm. super, like uh, as good as it gets from us, you know, self like satisfying, yeah. uh, you know, but at the same time, you are giving up control of your brand, not a hundred percent, but, you know, I always say I teach what I think it's a hundred percent of what I know the franchisee gets. 90 to 95 and then they'll teach it to their manager or to their employees they get 90 to 95 where they're teaching so you will get some dilution absolutely along the way so it's our job to you know and and some things are acceptable under a franchising point of view and some things are not so if someone you have to be a police in a way right you have to be which is not a job anyone wants to do right Uh, but there's a limit so if someone comes and says hey i decided to change the milk that we use for our bobs like no way you you may save two cents but that's not our taste and yeah you know, i'm just yep. giving an example yeah uh, so what happened wh- why am i saying this with covid people tried and rightfully so to save every penny yes so now it's we gotta come back and slowly slowly go back to what is normal or what was yep. normal before yep. and that both signing new franchisees, but making sure the current stores go back to that level of sales. I read somewhere that it takes 45 days to get used to a habit, whether it's a good habit or a bad habit. People got used to cutting corners left and right. So we we slowly have to go back to Mm -hmm. uh, what was normal before. And I think those are kind of the challenges we're facing this year and probably part of the next. And what are you most excited about? I have a few projects uh, coming up, some I can talk about, uh, so maybe we'll do one day, we'll, we'll talk about it separately. As far as uh, within Pop Bar, we're launching soon 
a new product, which the, the name is still, uh, you know, we have a couple of choices, but we're combining boba or popping boba uh, with an Italian soda. So we're th uh, the name choices are pop and boba or boba pop. Uh, you know, we're, we're making the franchises kind of vote for the name and uh, it looks great. And on top of that, if the customer wants, they can put a pop in it. Oh, uh, cool. Kind of like a float. Yeah. Uh, so it tastes good and it looks good. We're, we're a lot about the looks. We're a lot about the taste, but also about the experience and the world. Yeah. So that should launch in the next couple of weeks. And I'm very excited about that. Cool. Before we wrap up, is there any advice you would give to people who are thinking about starting a brand like yours where it's a storefront and you and potential franchise model? Yes. I mean, that could be a, a podcast on its own. Uh, <laughs> Let's give a little bit of advice. Just a couple uh, Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of advice. Uh, number one, some, some of it is advice I will give to anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. First of all, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You, you can be perfectly fine, you know, working for someone and, uh, and, and be happy. Uh, but if you want to go into the craziness of opening your own brand, a few things, they may seem like you heard them before, but you got to be passionate. I would say time is of the essence, meaning it used to be that you have to perfect everything on day one when you open to the public. So don't launch until everything's perfect. It changed. Now, even if you're 80%, 90% there, go for it. And you need the ability to kind of, uh, you know, find your way and adapt to consumers' needs. Uh, definitely find yourself some mentors. You know, that, that's definitely a must. And look, you will fail 100%. It's just a matter of when. Um, so the goal is, you know, when you do fail, learn from it and stay always stay positive. And um, last piece of advice is maybe about numbers. Numbers are king. So you can have the best concept in the world. Like so let's bring the pizza example. Your pizza may taste amazing. If it costs $9 to make, I'm sorry. Like, don't okay. even think about it. Yeah. And when I started Pop Bar, I was importing a lot of ingredients from Italy, and our cost of goods was very high. And slowly, slowly, I had to work on that and find, you know, we still import a few things. If it's special, like, um, I don't know, our green tea pop, the matcha comes from uh, uh, Japan, things like that are okay. But generally speaking, you got to focus on uh, the numbers. And that means having a low cost of goods, uh, which means the cost of your product and uh, making everything else work out. You know, there's a lot of expenses, um, you know, wages, rents. So the PL has to make sense, you know, mm -hmm. no matter what. Yeah. Talk about the mentor thing, because I've heard a lot of things um, in my interviews, but no one's really talked about mentorship. And I think that's a really important one, actually. I mean, for me, too. Look, mentor can be many things. Um, the best advice, and it's not easy to do, but maybe find someone that is you five years, 10 years down the road. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be that company with... Yeah. X amount of franchisees and, and talk to them 
nowadays, uh, I mean, you know it, LinkedIn is a great way yeah. just to touch base with people. And as Steve Jobs said many times, ask, like, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Um, I find mentors with, you know, that are even in a way competitors with me. I don't see them huh? like that, yeah. but I do talk with them every month or every two months. We just sit and, and talk and, you know, there's no second goal to get something. Yeah. Them. It's just a talk. Sometimes any, everyone, no matter what you do, we're so focused and inside what we do that we don't see the big picture. So just by talking to someone about it, they will help you see the picture from outside. So that's what, for me, mentorship is. And then it depends really in your area of expertise and what you want to do. I mean, you can find mentors uh, online. I've seen, um, you know, business, for, for example, we read books and uh, I've seen forums dedicated to books, business books, and you see people with common knowledge and common ideas, business ideas. You can find mentors there. That you can find mentors on LinkedIn. So you really can. And I tell you something, why do I say ask? Because the humankind tends to want to help people. Uh, sometimes, so. you know, you just need to ask. Yes. Uh, so I would say it's very important, uh, no matter what you do, to, to find, you know, some mentors and just open up. Even talking about it, you know, will help you out. I think that's true. I mean, I've almost never had the experience where I've asked someone for their advice where they've said, no, I'm not going to tell you, right? Yeah. People want to generally give you it. They want to share their knowledge and their expertise with you. And I think that's really good advice because I think you get into this place where you're like, this is my company. I know what I want to do with it. And I really want to stay the course and I don't want to get distracted, but then you have tunnel vision and you don't see things, Yeah. you know? So you don't have the optics that you need when you're just completely focused on on one path and yeah. yeah it's like you're going on a road and you're going straight but maybe you take a little detour and everything yeah. changes so who's yeah. going to tell you to take that detour right you tell yourself nope, um, nope. Yeah. even vendors believe it or not uh, last week i had a great conversation with one of my vendors because they see the the industry as a whole in yes. a different way yes so i took notes and uh, you know, that's, I guess that was a mentorship session as well. So. That's so interesting. That's great advice. I love it. Thank you. I think it's going to be really useful for people. Um, okay. Anything else before we wrap? I think this has been amazing. And I love your brand, which you know, and I'm especially big fan of all things that come from Italy. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, really you know, I, again, I thank you for the opportunity. I'm in good company with, with everyone else on your podcast. Yeah. I think it's amazing what you do. And uh, I, they have ideas that they think of franchising their brand. I'll be a mentor to them, like connect with me on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, we'll help you out. And that's uh, a good offer. You know, that's so an excellent that's offer. the last thing I'll, uh, I'll end with. And who knows from things, you know, opportunities come, come from everywhere. You just have to look for them. That's true. That's true. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.